Did you know that building a deep and satisfying connection with others doesn't have to be toxic to them or to you? Hi, my name is Ken Williams, and I'm a faith-based life coach. I've been married for over 30 years in a row, and I'm the host of Untoxic Positivity, a podcast where we explore a more positive approach to great relationships with your in-laws. So join me as we delve into the ins and outs of connecting with others around us. So if you're hoping to figure out a way to get your kids to choose the right life partner, or if you just want to stop dreading the family get-togethers, this is the podcast for you. Get ready to discover the power of untoxic positivity and start living your most connected life today. And like we talked about last week, this week we're talking about boundaries. Boundaries are something that I think can be a little bit complex sometimes. And I think it's important to to understand them a little bit, and I'm not sure that I understand them completely. I'm, there have been times that I've uh, thought about boundaries, and I thought about setting boundaries and and uh, enforcing boundaries. It can be tough, and it can be uncomfortable. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about what a boundary is. A boundary is kind of like your front door of your house. If you have a front door, you probably have a lock on it, and the purpose of the front door is to keep the people out that you don't want to have in. If you have an Amazon driver that drops off a package, you may not want the package dropped off into your house because you don't know who the driver is. You don't know what he or she uh, may do or may not do if you were to, to leave the door open and have them to maybe <laughs> go put it on my desk in the uh, back office. You may not want to have people wandering through your house. And so you have a boundary, you have a fence, or you have a a door. That's a boundary. And so in our relationships, we have boundaries also. And the, the thing about boundaries is that, number one, we may not have a clear idea of what our boundary is until somebody violates the boundary. And number two, the other person, the person who may violate the boundary, may not have an idea that there's a boundary that they violated. Now, first of all, let's talk about what a boundary is not. A boundary is not a way for me to control you. So a boundary is not something like you're going to wash the dishes or you don't get your allowance. That's not a boundary. That may be an expectation. That may be a family rule, but it's not a boundary. A boundary is designed, just like a front door would, is designed to protect us. And so a boundary might be something like, I am not going to allow people to talk to me with that kind of language. That would be a boundary. Um, Another boundary might be, I don't allow people to physically assault me. A boundary is designed to protect us. So there may be a boundary about uh, using my property. If you're going to use my car, you need my permission in advance. So it's designed to protect us. It's not designed designed to control. And that's that's where it can get a little bit um, tricky because a lot of times we think of the boundary, the if, then, if you do this, then, this is going to happen. Uh, we, we think of that as a way to control and it's not effective. It's not an effective way to control people. And that's a way that we can then become frustrated because they're not, we imagine, we think, well, they're not 
they're not adhering to my boundary or they're not following my boundary. Well, it's not a boundary. It's an attempt to control. And control is just an illusion. We don't have control over other people. And so many times the boundary is going to be where I'm going to remove myself or I'm going to remove um, somebody else. So a, a, uh, here's an experience, an experience that I had many, many years ago where my daughter was in school and um, she's a, or was at the time, uh, at least a perfectionist. So she wanted to do things right. And when there was a test, she wanted to get the right answer. So imagine you have somebody who's a perfectionist. She, wa she wants to do something right. And first grade, she has her math timed tests. The purpose of the math timed tests is to help assess the, uh, the math skills. And so there are really two things that are being looked at, at least as far as I know. Number one, how many questions are they completing on their um, maybe 100? And so are they completing all the, all the questions in the whatever their time limit is, two minutes, three minutes, whatever? And are the answers correct? So two assessments, really. And my daughter was really not willing to be wrong about any of the answers. So she took extra time. She took extra time. And that meant she did not complete the 100 math problems. So her teacher was concerned. She's not developing her math skills as quickly as she should. And so she, she the teacher, um, reached out to us and said, we're concerned. We think that she's um, having some developmental problems. And we told the teacher in probably a uh, protective parent fashion <laughs> that, no, she's not. She's not slow. She's not developmentally delayed. She's just super cautious. She would double, triple check her work to make sure she got the right answer, which meant that she was going through each question multiple times. And of course she wouldn't have time to finish all of the, the questions. And the teacher disagreed with us. And this, these conversations are all over the telephone or voice messages left back and forth. And the teacher came back and said, no, 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 you're wrong. Your daughter is developmentally delayed and we're going to put her in a remedial or a special needs class. And we said, she's not developmentally delayed. She's just ultra cautious. She would rather not answer a question than get it wrong. So she was not interested in the speed part of the test. She was only interested in getting the, the correct answers. And the teacher insisted, because sometimes teachers think they know the, what's best. Sometimes they do. Many times they don't. We had a lot more years of experience with our daughter than the teacher did. The teacher had a few months. And the teacher insisted, no. She's a special needs student. She's going to the special needs class. And we insisted, no, she is not special needs. She's cautious. She's a perfectionist. She's not willing to get things wrong. That's a whole different need than the remedial uh, class for those that have developmental delays. 
And so when the school insisted, no, she's going into the cl that class, that violated our boundary. We are not going to let her go to that class. And so we pulled her out. We homeschooled her from first grade to sixth grade. I think it was sixth grade when she went back to um, a traditional classroom. Maybe it was seventh. But the thing that was interesting to me was she stepped right back into class. Didn't, and this is after years of being homeschooled and uh, say what you want about being homeschooled. And, and I know there are uh, a variety of methods and styles and mindsets and things like that. But she was able to step right back into a traditional classroom at grade six or seven and was fine. No developmental delays. And based on my experience with her, <laughs> with my other kids, no. They <laughs> And my poor kids. Sorry about that. You got your perfectionism from me. Um, but that's that was a boundary that we refused to allow the school to, in our minds, mistreat, mislabel, misclassify our daughter because we thought based on what they were talking about, how they were going to handle things, she would have been in the wrong class. She would have been labeled the wrong thing and it would have had um, what we were afraid would have been lasting negative consequences. So sometimes the boundary doesn't come up until somebody's crossed it or there's a threat that somebody's going to cross it. And at that point, that's when it becomes important to clarify, at least for yourself, what the boundary is. And it may be important. It's not always important, but it may be important to tell the person you're crossing a boundary and I'm not going to allow it. So some of you may have heard about a pandemic that we've had recently, COVID, and the, the science has uh, differing opinions and there were people, experts on both sides that said masks, yes, and masks, no, and vaccine, yes, and vaccine, no. And I'm not going to argue any of that. But it was an opportunity that I saw with, my, um, with a family member to clarify and enforce a boundary. I had my in-laws that were, to some degree, both of them, immunocompromised. My mother-in-law was off and on fighting uh, a battle, battle with cancer. My father-in-law is older and didn't have any specific health um, concerns at the time, but also uh, as an older human being and having some of the, the previous health challenges that he had they were cautious and they, and, and frankly, my wife, who's a nurse and I would go over and visit them pretty frequently. And we stayed outside. We did not enter their house. We talked through the window and my mother-in-law would, would open the window a crack two or three inches and it would be cold outside. I remember shivering and, um, because they were not comfortable having, and this is before the vaccine and and uh, masks, masks were um, a thing, but there was still a lot of a lot of controversy about how effective they were, and they just didn't want to have people in their home. And so we respected that, even though <laughs> we live a mile and a half away, and 
they did not want to have people in their home who were not part of the household. And so we stayed outside. We talked outside. We were um, freezing. Once the, um, the, there were mask mandates and there were vaccines available and things like that, they shifted their boundary. They wanted anybody who came into the home, they wanted to have vaccinated or masked. You can take your pick. You don't have to be vaccinated if you don't want to be vaccinated. But if you're not vaccinated, then please wear a mask. And they had visitors uh, who refused. Well, this is where you, just like what you would do with your front door, if you're not going to adhere to my boundary, if you're not going to stay in the lane that I require because of my own personal health and safety, then I'm, I can't allow you to come into my home. And so there were some hard feelings. Um, and sometimes you may need support. You may need to have, have a friend or a family member, a trusted person, a coach, somebody who can help you find words or find ideas or find ways to clarify for yourself and communicate for yourself or for others, whatever you feel is, is most important, the boundaries that you've set. And so in their case, they had a another family member who happened to be uh, in town and visiting who understood the, their concerns, understood their boundaries. Now, it wasn't even important that this family member agreed with the boundaries. She was following them. She herself was vaccinated. So she was following the, the boundaries that my in-laws had set. And she was able to be a, 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 a voice of strength that when somebody wanted to come into the home and they refused to wear a mask and they weren't vaccinated, they had this guardian, this boundary guardian, who stood at the door and said, no, you're not allowed. Because this is the boundary, this is the rule. And it was, uh, it was really interesting to see. It can be really uncomfortable to enforce your boundaries. But the question really is, are you willing to do that for you? You don't have to do it for anybody else. You do it for you. And that's why it's not even always important for you to tell somebody else what your boundary is. Um, there's something, <laughs> I would love to write a book called The Circle of Hate. And um, <laughs> probably for good reason, my wife says I shouldn't because of maybe the stories that I would tell or the, uh, the, the way that I would approach it. But The Circle of Hate is something I, and I don't even know if that's the right thing to call it, but I 100% believe that this exists. It's a circle, and really it's a perimeter around you, around everybody, that the people who hate you, the people who dislike you, do not cross, they do not penetrate that perimeter. They don't come close. You will find that the people who don't like you don't get close. So it's it's kind of fun to play the game. Who doesn't like me? Who's not getting close? Because you have to notice who's not around. And so let me tell you how this how this all came about. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to try and be careful so I don't hurt feelings. But um, there was a, a time where I noticed that the people who would sit near us in church, they were good friends. And they, on a regular basis, they would sit within a, t a pew or two of where our family sat. And then there was a, an experience that I had where I said some things that this person 
didn't like, didn't agree with, um, thought that I was trying to um, sabotage them and their efforts and the the uh, projects, products, assignments that they were involved in. And I just, it was interesting to note that as those tense feelings started and kind of continued over the course of several weeks, that this family didn't sit near us at church anymore. They ended up sitting in the back, in the back of the, uh, the chapel. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't penetrate that perimeter. And then as, as feelings got, um, soothed a little bit and apologies and all the, you know, things were back to normal. All of a sudden <laughs> they were back right behind us again. So there's this perimeter. And, and my theory is that the more somebody dislikes you, the f- more they're going to keep their distance. And so you may notice that they actually stay away from you, but that's an actual boundary. It's a, it's a boundary that we create. Think about your own experience and the people that you don't like the people that you don't get along with, you create a physical or an emotional perimeter that you don't cross. If there's somebody that you don't get along with, <laughs> you don't contact them. You don't reach out for birthdays and and uh, to see how they're doing or anything like that. You don't go visit them in their homes. You just you keep your distance. And uh, sometimes the the boundary is very easy to keep because of that. And sometimes it's important for us to recognize what our boundary is. So think, and I don't know how <laughs> how helpful this is. I just want to start the conversation about the importance of having a boundary, uh, recognizing what your boundary is. Your boundary is to protect you. It's not to control them. So for my in-laws, the boundary was to protect them and their health. They didn't want somebody who might bring the virus into their home to come in unprotected. And so their boundary was, if you're going to come into our home, you need to be vaccinated or wear a mask. It was not designed, their boundary was not to make sure that all their visitors were vaccinated. It was not to force them to wear a mask. It was to protect them. And so sometimes you may have somebody who treats you poorly. They, they speak to you unkindly. They may be physically or emotionally abusive, financially abusive. And so that's where it's important to have a boundary. And you may be able to just withdraw from the situation. It may not be that easy. You may be somebody you have to work with, for example. And so you may have to have the conversation that I am not going to allow you you, to talk to me this way. And if you do, then I will leave. I'll step away. That's the boundary. That's what a boundary is. It's designed to protect us and it's not designed to control them. I'm not trying to make somebody compliment me or treat me in a specific way. I'm trying to protect me. I'm trying to protect my family, which is why I pulled my daughter out of the public school when it was clear that the teacher, the principal was on board as well, that they were going to treat her as somebody who had a um, learning disability that she did not have. They were not open to uh, any more feedback. 
And so we retreated. We withdrew her from the school, and, and that's how we implemented our boundary. Boundaries are important. They're valuable. And it is a way to um, really, it can be a way to strengthen relationships. Something that I found, I've had two people in my recent experience where I have been, and this isn't specific to boundaries. This is just where I gave clear, direct, and sharp feedback. Clear, I didn't beat around the bush, direct. It was not, <laughs> it was not couched with any um, fluff. It was clear, it was direct, and it was sharp. It was critical. It was not, I think you're doing a great job. It was, you need to get your act together. And in both cases, I was surprised at how they have um, interacted with, with me since. In both cases, and I'm not saying this always happens. It just, to me, was very surprising that in both cases, they have reached out in a much more, um, I don't even know what word to use. They've, the, the most recent one, the individual asked me for some feedback on, he said, I don't care if it's professional feedback or personal feedback, but here's a decision I'm thinking about. I want to know your thoughts. And, and he explained that, that, um, he thought of me as a, uh, a mentor and I don't know whether I would have had that kind of interaction with him if I didn't have that clear, direct and sharp feedback with him. I've had clear, direct, sharp feedback with my kids, and it does not change the uh, the relationship. It stings. I've had people who could had the clear, direct, sharp feedback with me, and yeah, it stings. But in some cases, it can really enhance and deepen the relationship. So don't use a boundary as a weapon. It's not a weapon. It's a shield. It's designed to protect you. Protect yourself. You deserve it. You are of infinite worth. We may talk more about that later. <laughs> I would love to get into that because I love that topic. But you deserve to, ha to, be, to be protected. You're going to be your own best advocate. Advocate for yourself. Get the support of a trusted friend, a family member, a coach, somebody who can help you, if you need help, come up with the language with the uh, the specific boundary, what it is that's being crossed, and how you're going to protect yourself. Get that support. Support yourself. You deserve it. And in the meantime, <laughs> thanks for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Love to hear your feedback, Ken, at kenwilliamscoaching.com. And until next week, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Untoxic Positivity. We hope you found it helpful and inspiring. Remember that relationships are a work in progress and making mistakes is normal. And if you want to feel a deeper connection with the important people in your life, or if you just want to get along with your in-laws, I'd love to chat. Reach out to me at Ken at KenWilliamsCoaching.com or find the link in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with others who might benefit. And until next time, keep spreading untoxic positivity everywhere.